What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 98 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Lucas Egan, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Smith. Ryan, how was your Thanksgiving weekend? It was it was good. It was filled with food, family, friends, all that good stuff. Uh, plus, it was just nice having the time. I got to play some games. We finally finished Deathloop, and boy, that was a... It was, it was a crazy, crazy game. I really, really enjoyed it. But overall, it was nice to take some time this weekend and just kind of chill, relax, and and get back to kind of almost a stasis before that full holiday season kicks in. What about you? How was your weekend, brother? It was good. It was good. I had uh, two Thanksgiving meals pretty much with nice. my parents and my girlfriend's parents, so I was happy. <laughs> you mix uh, food, football, and gaming. I mean, what more could you want over the weekend? <laughs> but enough about us. We are very excited for our guests this week there was a little a little game that dropped here just a little bit ago that maybe people have heard of a, a small title that i think is going to do well <laughs> called <laughs> halo infinite and we are honored to be joined by one of the composers on the multiplayer side of things alex Bohr. alex how are you my friend i'm doing good doing good lucas how are how are you both doing today we Even are good first of all congratulations <laughs> <laughs> on the launch of of the multiplayer part of halo infinite i know that this must have been a crazy time for everybody involved uh before we jump into some news topics alex how was the launch for you like what was that moment like it was a total surprise i didn't i didn't know it was happening until it happened so it was it was, it was not the week i expected but it was great it was amazing uh yeah i'm still sort of just shocked that it's out finally and uh it went great. It went really, really good. It was a fun week of uh, catching up with people in some cases and just, you know, getting to sort of think about the whole project. And yeah, I'm excited that it's out in the world. So th that was a surprise drop for you too? They didn't give you a heads up? I saw some like murmurings on Twitter the night before, I think. But I, other than that, no, I didn't know. And I don't blame them for, for keeping it tight. Mm -hmm. I, I would if I were them too, just because, you know, there's so many of us that worked on the game uh, that aren't, you know, at 343 every single day. And uh, I, I, I understand the need to keep it tight. So it was, it was cool to find out with everyone else. Nice. Nice. Was that like, how, how was that a different experience? You know, when you're expecting the eighth and they just, they just surprise drop it. So you don't necessarily have that lead up time to get excited or nervous or whatever feelings kind of are associated with that. Was it, was it a pretty cool experience to just kind of have it be out there one day and, and without the, the lead up? Avoiding the anxiety part of it was awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, I was already feeling anxious about everything. I suppose I always feel anxious about everything, but I, I, with that, I wasn't looking forward to the week leading up to the game. Cause it was just like, what's this going to be? What, what is, you know, it, it's, a, it's just a new, a new type of experience for me, certainly. So uh, that part of it was great. I mean, there, there I don't really see any negatives to a, uh, you know, finding out that way. It's, it's, it's pretty pleasant. Yeah, that was a okay. pleasant surprise. <laughs> Definitely. For sure. So we are excited to jump into all things Halo in a little bit, but let's jump ship to one of the other big releases of the year. Ryan, Deathloop. How was the experience 
in totality now that you can take a step back and look at it. Yeah, and you know, and and let me preface this with too, there's still some secrets and mysteries that I haven't uh, unraveled yet. So there's still more to the game that I'd like to go back and do. However, I did make it through the complete campaign, the complete story, and it was a thrill ride. It was a thrill ride until the very end. And I, I hate to say this because you know that I have been going hard for this game. I've absolutely loved it, loved it, loved it. But the end was very unsatisfying for me. And I'm not going to drop any kind of spoilers or anything like that. But I felt like the entirety of the game was this huge crescendo. And then it just hit the end and fell flat. I didn't get that big explosive moment and it was a little disappointing for me. I don't know if there's multiple, I think there might be multiple endings or multiple ways to finish the game because there is a, uh, let's just say that there's choices that you can make. So I'm not sure. And I think I'm going to run it back, but I didn't want to screw it up and do something and then end up because you have to do it all in one day. So it was the first time that, you know, I, I had everybody where I needed them to be. I knew where they were going to be. I knew exactly what I needed to do in order to accomplish the seven kills in the, in the one day and then and then figure out where Juliana was. So, um I mean, overall, I, I, it was still a fantastic game. It just left me wanting, I, I just wanted a better ending. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, not only in, in, in video games, but in movies and shows, just where you have such, you know, you've really enjoyed an experience. And then you get to the end of it, and you're just kind of like, ah, that's it. That's, that's all we got. That's, that's. That's how it ends. Um, so, so that for me was, I just, I just expected uh, a bigger bang, I guess, for the end. Um, and I, and and I, I didn't really feel that I got that. Overall, though, I, I would highly recommend um, playing this game. It, it makes complete sense that this is a, a game of the year contender because this really was i i really did enjoy the mechanics of the game the story of the game the characters and the acting i i really felt were huge standouts for this game these characters the the actors really brought these characters to life each individual visionary they had their own little quirks they had um you know their their own individual personality so it was a lot of fun getting to know the different characters within this game and like i said the, these actors that that play these characters really really did a great job of bringing them to life and really encompassing um the player in this story this this looping story that you're trying to it was almost like like playing lost um you know they, i i felt that sometimes i was going down into the bunker or or whatever so i was a huge fan of lost so this is a lot of fun for me um but yeah i i would recommend uh if 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 you like mysteries it's fun it's fun gameplay excellent acting the music again uh tom salta is, is nominated as well um for for this uh, uh game 
you know, fantastic music uh, and, and just really encompassing that genre and what they were trying to do overall. So it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I'm happy it is now like officially off my plate. <laughs> yeah you know unfortunately since i still don't have a ps5 i'm just just kind of watching gameplay from from certain people and and uh it looks it looks amazing haven't heard anybody see otherwise uh looks like it deserves all the recognition it's getting but i'm in i'm interested ryan so when you say the ending's disappointed disappointing did you have like a, a direction you thought it was going to go did you have like a, a headcanon ending that you thought it was headed toward um i i mean i don't know that i did i started as the story started just kind of opening itself up i started realizing the direction that it was going to go in or certain things that had to happen in order for colt to accomplish what his mission was so there was an idea. I, I guess I just wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more in, in the terms of, I, I, that's so general. I wanted more in the terms of what happens and, and give me a little context after after uh, uh, this story completes. I felt like it, it, it could have used at least another few minutes just to kind of button things up. And I felt like the end, you know, you had, like I was saying, there's this huge crescendo and then it kind of was just like, the end was just like, and you're done. And I was just like, wait a second, <laughs> give me a little, like, come on now, give me a little more. And you know, that could be intentional too. They could be setting up because they have plans to make a universe of this or, you know, something mm -hmm. like that, which would be really cool because it, it really is a cool concept and, and great characters. But yeah, I, I, I think that's that for me is is what it was i it didn't feel and i don't need things just wrapped up all nicely it just felt a little too abrupt uh of an ending and, and i guess i wanted a little more context on the back end nice you know alex from from the music perspective here uh you know i i would say that that in the last call it five to ten years i think that the music in games is, is getting more and more recognition and deservedly so for the impact it has on uh, emotional beats story beats uh and the effects on the players do you kind of keep track on, on musically what composers are doing uh and maybe where they're trying to push boundaries in, in some other titles i don't well i suppose yes i do if it if it ends up, you know, if an artist I'm already paying attention to ends up doing a game, like a good example of that would be uh, Bobby Krillick, who did the Returnal soundtrack. Mm. He also makes music under the name The Hacks and Cloak. Uh, and I'm like a massive fan of his work as a solo artist and as a producer with other bands. He's produced bands like The Body, Health, um, a lot of some bigger stuff I'm definitely leaving out. But he's just incredible. So when I saw he was doing a game, absolutely, I'm going to check that out. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do a, a little bit and I, 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 sh I will continue to certainly as the world continues to adapt more, uh, self-taught composers, more people making music in their bedrooms and then eventually, you know, people around the world hearing it, uh, that's interesting to me. So I'll definitely be paying attention to it. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, as, as music gets recognized more and more, it's, I think it's it's one of those parts of gaming that's been long overdue. Uh, something I think that we can all recognize, but maybe it hadn't hadn't been in the forefront of people's minds. Uh, so it, it's nice sure. to see 
that be recognized and people starting to talk about, you know, why did they make this stylistic choice uh, musically? So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and and okay. I think, yeah, I think I think just just if you look at Returnal to Deathloop to like games like Halo and everything in between, it, it's been pretty fun to see the diversity of sounds kind of enter in uh, going forward. So I, I know, Ryan, that yeah. that that. You know, it all plays such a big part now. Yeah, it does. And and we've talked about that, too, where games are becoming more cinematic and just, you know, the visual art, the the uh, musical art, all the, the different collaborations to put together this piece and how much music can drive a tone, can be instrumental in game mechanics. It's evolving and 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 composers and and developers are, you know, every day they're becoming more and more innovative and figuring out different ways that music can be can be used as not only to to as ambiance as sound design um but just ways to kind of reinvent what is happening or the action or how much it can drive these emotions uh in the people that are playing it's a huge part and i love seeing the fact that it is getting more recognition and people are you know composers are able to to get these these huge huge games or or you know such as you alex working in these universes that are already established with huge bases you know and and you guys taking that 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 helm and then driving it into the new age that it is, uh, is fascinating. I love it. Yeah. I, I think you see a lot of the same stuff in film right now. Back again to Bobby Krillick. He, you know, did the midsummer soundtrack, got a lot of acclaim for that. Like mm-hmm. you're seeing a, like, like directors and game developers take willing to take a chance and willing to like bet on doing something that hopefully sounds new and sounds fresh and has a sound that will feel unique uh, within their, the world that they're building. And I'm just, I'm glad to be a part of it, I guess. It's, it's just, <laughs> this whole thing is so like shocking to me that it, that I have any association with a game like this, but, um, it's dope. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing to be associated with it, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I also find it super fascinating. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, again, we're at such an infant, infant stage, I feel. I'm excited to see more and, and what they're able to do, this, especially as technology changes, as games change and, and things continue to evolve. It, it is a fun ride um, to be a part of and to watch and to listen to. Um, switching gears real quick, I, I found a story earlier. I saw that Epic Games actually just recently, they picked up uh, a service, a platform called AntStream Arcade. And what it is essentially is a retro gaming, uh, cloud, cloud-based cloud uh, retro gaming uh, service. And I had never heard of it before, so I was like, let me go and and check it out, see what it's all about. And it seems uh, pretty legit. There's some solid games on there. And my understanding of how it works exactly is you, with the free account, you see there's these little diamonds. You can collect those diamonds by watching ads 
or you could pay a subscription fee. It is $10 a month, or if you do yearly, it comes out to a little over $100. Um, that's a tough sell. There is a ton of uh, good games, really good games from Commodore 64 up through you know NES and things like that. They have broken down in categories. I do find it interesting, though, that Epic Games... Uh, end up picking, you know, picking this platform up. We know that earlier too, they did uh, HIO. Uh, they picked up that pl platform as well. So it seems that that Epic is. I I'm just kind of wondering what their plan is for a service like this because I feel like, especially nowadays, there's a lot of just reworks, remasters, nostalgia, nostalgic games. Um, and it's really taken, we, we've got people building cabinets of arcade games, which is really cool. I can see myself getting something like that, I think, before actually um, subscribing to a service like this. I do appreciate the fact that there is a free model for this, so you are still able to play without having to pay any money. Obviously, is limited to those gems, but um, yeah, I, I thought this was uh, uh, pretty cool. Just seeing Epic going out and and doing some more, especially with a service like this that I did not even know was in existence. So it mm -hmm. supports multiplayer, um, and more so, I'm curious to see what the bigger picture is for Epic within making moves. Uh, like this is it to build out a a library for this maybe they change the model altogether with Anstream and they take the technology and the cloud service that they have and they build upon that uh, these are always those little moves that I like to see uh, especially from from uh, uh, somebody like epic um, I, I feel like these are just those little plans that they put in place to do it but you know if, if this is something if you're into retro games this is the uh the service here i i signed up with a free account earlier today actually i check and pull it up uh right now so yeah so and there's a ton of games i mean i'm definitely gonna go on and play because there's some games on here i'm just like oh i never had a chance to play that as a kid i would love to play that now um but yeah what are, what are your thoughts on on this is i think this is kind of a cool little uh uh, pick up by then, and and hey, if you're looking to get into some nostalgia games, uh, now's the time. This is this is a solid service. Yeah, you know what they're gonna do with this bigger picture is really intriguing uh, and really interesting to think about. Uh, that that like as, as you said, maybe this is laying the groundwork for them to use uh, the technology and the system behind this for something bigger. I don't know. That, that's intriguing. Uh, in terms of the actual retro system here, like a free account is great. Uh, and I'll probably sign up for a free account. Uh, <laughs> a subscription model is a tough sell for me, and not because I don't love some of these retro titles. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the time to really go back and play them as much as I should. Uh, yeah. You know, we we had talked about this with Nintendo Online a little bit. You know, if I go back and look, you know, I haven't played very many of the retro Nintendo titles that they're offering. Not because mm -hmm. I don't love them, but I don't have enough time to finish all the new games. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. uh, it's, it's a tough sell for me to go back uh, and do it. Although I'm probably not the perfect target market because when I think of like retro games, you know, my gaming didn't really start till the days of like GoldenEye, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit eh, kind of in that area, but a little bit later than that. Uh, so 
I, I don't necessarily have the emotional attachment to a lot of those titles that I'm sure that, that a lot of people do. But even so, a, a paid subscription model is just a tough sell uh, yeah. just from the time standpoint. Yeah, I agree. Alex, let me ask you, do, do any of these older games and and the music that we know that a lot of times um i feel like music was almost i mean it wasn't necessarily an afterthought in some of these games but you also had games uh just off the top of my head i'm thinking like legend of zelda uh you know other titles like that that have these scores that have stuck with us throughout the years because this is my generational thing this is when i started gaming so this i am their target audience i believe <laughs> i think that music is amazing and i think it's clearly like most of us could hum at the drop of a hat a lot of these a lot of these themes mm-hmm. and I, th- I think part of what makes them so good is like they're a product of a beautiful product of limitations there was only so much you could do with the format they were working within with, with how that music was made. Mm-hmm. And it kind of meant that the music itself had to be awesome. There were, you couldn't hide behind anything. It was like, it had, it had to be memorable. It had to be melodic. It had to be something that you could listen to for a really long time and not get tired of it. Um, I love limitations when it comes to making art or making music in general. So I, I, I really, really, really enjoy that, that period of game music a lot. Yeah, you're right. There is, I mean, with the with the beeps and the boops uh there were some iconic <laughs> <laughs> music that was developed but uh yeah and stream and stream arcade i thought this was that was a cool little uh um pickup by epic games and i had never heard of them before so if that's something that uh you're into or you're looking to to try out some some older games there's a free service here that you can use and i don't know exactly how this ties in to the Epic Store. Again, I just picked this up this morning, so I really haven't had a chance to play it or see like if it's smooth or anything like that. So I am going to go in and uh, I'll follow up here here in the next couple of uh, podcasts and just let you guys know what my thoughts are on the actual service and, and how it ties in to Epic Games. But yeah, I thought it was a cool little thing to, to jibber-jab about, but uh Besides that, let's take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back, talk with Alex, see how that halo and composing that music is, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. If you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. 
Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to the short messages. And now comes the part of the episode that we've all been waiting for. Alex, let me just start. How did this opportunity with Halo come about? Well, maybe three years ago now, um, one of the dudes who is in the collective Eternal Time and Space um, just knew Tom French from a job he used to have. (laughs) They kind of chopped it up once at South by Southwest one year about just like, you know, the idea maybe of like Halo having like an ambient post-rock sort of thing to it. Just, you know, sort of just shooting it, shooting the shit, talking about it. And a bit down the road, that same dude, Corey, approached me about basically just like making some music on spec for them just to be like, Hey, here's what this type of music would sound like under some visuals from like, you know, one of the previous games. We went back and forth for a little while after that. And they then months and months later, three, four, three sent us before hiring us some stuff from the new game, I believe uh, to score under and to write some more music with some, some more concise directions. So we did, we sent it to them, many, many more months go by. And (laughs) eventually they hollered back and were like, hey, do you want to do it? And we were like, yeah. (laughs) uh, There was no real like job opening. There was no real like, nothing like that. We just kind of made some music and uh, they liked it and hired us in a a nutshell. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, you know, what, what I find fascinating about this project, too, is is having multiple composers on board. Uh, how much were you in contact with uh, the other composers on maybe what they were doing on the campaign side? And how much did each side kind of inform each other as you guys were working? Honestly, I, I did hear a few pieces here and there when we first got started doing the work from <laughs> from Gareth, Curtis, and Joel. But it was mostly Joel Yarger, who is the music supervisor of the game that kind of like was just the interim and kept everyone on task doing what they needed to be doing individually. And he was, he was sort of the filter uh, just to make sure that everything would hopefully work together. And man, he's, I don't know how that dude does, does what he does. He's so good at it. Such an easy guy to work with. And uh, oh, and just for anyone listening that doesn't know from my earlier thing I said, Tom French is the dev- the, uh, the director of multiplayer at 343, mm. uh, the contact that uh, uh, one of the other writers had. So yeah, it's uh, it was basically Joel Yarger keeping everyone, you know, doing, doing what we needed to be doing. And uh, I give all credit to him for coordinating all the sounds and all the vibes. You know, when, when you were working on it, what, what did you use to, to just kind of get inspiration? Cause I know you're, you're working from a base. There's that iconic Halo music, which obviously is is always going to be a driving force within it. Um, so you're kind of working around that. Uh, what was your experience like uh, doing that and kind of where did you get your inspiration from? I would say regarding all of the legacy Halo music, especially, not especially anything, but all of it. Um, 
I think the idea ended up kind of being to, to find a few melodies and a few motifs from different pieces over the years and then start to kind of integrate them into the type of material we were working on in different ways, real subtle ways, real like obvious ways sometimes. It just depended on what the, what the need was. But it was kind of a, for me at least, uh, I didn't want to overexpose myself to the old material because I didn't want it to be just us trying to like cover stuff. I wanted it to have its own sort of um, feel without it being too, too derivative of the older material, but obviously wanting to like really respect it and make sure it felt good in the world, but also pushing it in a new direction. Um, and then as far as stuff that like just affects me and musically how I approached it, that's a big question, but I suppose like <laughs> I could, you know, there's, 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 there's certainly like maybe some artists or bands more than others. Let me see. I made a playlist kind of recently looking back at, at everything just to, um, you know, think about that side of it. If it'll, if it'll load, um, are you like, are you kind of curious about like certain like bands or artists or just, yeah. Like, and yeah. And just kind of what, what really gets you, can I know? And I don't, I don't know if, uh, you know, there's certain music or, or, uh, performers or whatever that just kind of get your creative juices going and kind of get you in that mode. Right. Right, man. That, totally. And it's all over the place and it's, every day like something different. I, I can, I'll, here i'll just i can read off some of the artists on this like little playlist i made that i'll probably like release a link to soon okay uh tim hecker brian eno m83 limbic system tangerine dream the Appleseed cast swans neurosis maserati deftones uh pinkish black king woman the jesus lizard duster a lot of bands that maybe you've heard of maybe you haven't but these are kind of when I looked back at the material, I, I could kind of draw, you know, a little bit, a little bit or, or trace my steps a little bit back towards some of these artists that I love and respect and listen to a lot as far as like affecting how I approached, you know, guitar parts or drum parts or stuff like that. When, when you're scoring for multiplayer, you know, what kind of a different mindset did you have to have as opposed to uh, working on, on a narrative side where you might be scoring for, you know, a specific moment kind of leading up to a, an emotional swell, whereas multiplayer, sometimes you don't even know how long the matches are going to last necessarily. So what was that mindset of, of right. getting the music right to, to be consistently uh, at that energy level? So basically, yeah, versus working on like a film or a narrative side of a game, like a campaign, we weren't writing to picture, like we weren't writing to a moment or we weren't writing to an edit. It was mostly like, okay, so this mode needs a mode loading sound. It needs a song to play if you win, a song to play if you lose, a song to play at the halfway point uh, of the match, uh, maybe a song to play if you capture a flag or a song to play if your, your opponent captures a flag. And all of these cues had, uh, general lengths of time that we would shoot for. And then we would send to Joel Yarger, um, who would do further editing and things to it. That guy on the integration side, I, I think is a true hero, unsung hero of, of, of the multiplayer side of the music. Because when I first heard it integrated, I was like, oh man, this works better than I thought it would. Okay, good, good. It doesn't feel like crazily out of place. Like, and, and, it's, and it's largely due, I think, to the care that was put into the integration side of it. And, you know, you, you'd referenced this before, but, but just working on a franchise like Halo is, is one of those, 
I think rare franchises in gaming where the multiplayer and uh, campaign are kind of held in similar such high regard. And with, with the music obviously playing a, a, a huge part of that, you know, we can all recall the Halo theme, the music kind of almost like the Jaws theme, right? You, you think of Halo, you think of the music too. So mm-hmm. when you enter a project like that, does that change? Does that add pressure? Does it, does it, uh, do you, do you feel more excited? Like, like what's the mindset when you enter in a franchise like this, that is one of the preeminent ones uh, in the gaming world? It's definitely scary. I mean, I don't want to like disrespect a extremely cool and monumentally impactful series uh, like, <laughs> like Halo. I want to, <laughs> I want to do something that works and that feels uh true to the series but also feels true to what they hired me to do which is you know do what i do what i can try to do best which is you know this type of music right now and i uh yeah i I, it's scary but looking back on it it didn't feel scary doing it it was just kind of like okay we're doing it let's do it every day let's just (laughs) keep banging through this there wasn't really time to worry um Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like let's let's make this happen because I, I i'll mention too we were working on the original timeline like all the music we made was finished for the 2020 release oh, that's right yeah so it, it was like kind of a mad dash at the end to get it all get it all going but um you know worked out and and because of that it, it the, the pressure side of it yeah there's like i said wasn't much time to pay attention to it now is is that something that you're able to like is say with the with a delay does that ever get you to where you start rethinking maybe like man maybe i have time to to go back and and relook at this section yes and now that you say that i mean this is how blurry that time period is for me like we, we were like almost finished i believe when they announced the delay so we did end up having like a tiny bit more time to like do a few things i will mm. say that and we even finished some work that isn't coming out uh right off the bat that i assume will be out later with the game and in other mm-hmm. modes but um i don't really know but yeah i, I believe that to, to, to be the case so yeah there was a little bit of time to like tweak and you know do a bit of like reapproaching in some cases if need be but most of it was definitely definitely squared away so and i guess to and and maybe take our listeners back a little bit how exactly did you end up because uh, you you do a lot of uh, films and, and other scoring, right? Give us a little history as far as uh, some of that work and kind of leading up to working on on such a huge franchise like Halo. Sure, um, I've done a bit of I've done a bit of film scoring. Um, I guess just to take you back, I mean, I played music growing up, played in bands as soon as I could, which was like. 13, 14, kind of as soon as there was like a drum set and people with instruments <laughs> that, that would be down to do it. And I just kind of followed that path, <clears throat> played in bands, um, you know, all the way through my, you know, 30s, basically. I played in a band called The New Frontiers for a long time in my early 20s. We did a bunch of touring and a bunch of stuff, put out a record. And then after that, I played in a couple bands as sort of just, you know, to keep, keep me going, keep me, keep me busy. And then I eventually joined a band called This Will Destroy You in 2009 mm-hmm. and that band took me around the world i mean we probably played in 40 50 countries did a bunch of records <clears throat> did a live record in iceland did um some scoring as a band a lot of the, this will destroy uh, this will destroy you material that you may have uh heard in films like room or american sniper or mm-hmm. Moneyball. that was those those songs are almost 
all from material that was before made before I joined that band, but definitely like this industry has like a pretty long history of like film stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I played in that band for a long time. I, I left the band in 2016 and have been, you know, focusing on like production and recording um, and mixing and scoring, which is stuff I did, you know, previous to being in that band and while being in that band. I also met a guy um, when I joined This Will Destroy You, uh, who I knew a little bit beforehand, a producer named John Congleton, mm-hmm. who's maybe most well known for like winning a Grammy with St. Vincent a few years ago. He's done a million amazing records. He, he, he's worked with everyone from Earl Sweatshirt to to two. I mean, he's, he just worked with everybody. Right. Um, all over the map musically. And that's, that's definitely kind of guided my path in terms of trying to work with, as a producer, different types of artists and, uh, met him, you know, did the, this will destroy your records with him for the most part in his studio, which ended up now being my studio because he moved to LA and I kind of took the place over here in mm-hmm. Dallas. And, uh, my story's a little scattered. I apologize, but you know, that, <laughs> oh, that's, fine. That, 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 that's a part of it too. Uh, you know, meeting, meeting John, definitely changed my life and you know led me to work on records with people like you know like uh let me see uh nelly Furtado, gold frap uh tons of cool bands i mean just wild stuff like that would be you know coming to dallas uh, while people cool cool amazing artists just coming here to work with him and i got to assist him on a ton of records um but yeah so that and then you know just sort of doing different stuff working with different types of artists uh led me into this halo thing because uh, the two dudes in in, the, in that uh, the other writing collective I worked with, they were just dudes that were in a band that hit me up wanting me to produce their record, mm-hmm. and that's how I met them. And you know, a few years later, one of them came back around and asked I'd be if I would be interested in you know, like I said earlier, doing uh, some work just to just to see if they dug it. Mm-hmm. And I, I said yes because I had a studio. I still have a studio, but I, I had a studio, and it was like, well, I'm, I'm willing to invest a couple of days of my time in this. Why not? Yeah. It doesn't really cost me too much. And it's like, it's a solid bet uh, or not, not a solid bet, but it's like, I, I, my whole musical career is taking, doing like this, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, let's try it, you know? Uh, but uh, no, it, that's, I mean, everything led me to there, everything I just mentioned, whether it was my old band or, mm-hmm. you know, studio stuff or any of that but yeah that's 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 a lot of the or most of the story so around 2016 you decide to leave this will destroy you to focus on on the production side what 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 about that time period made that the right time do you think to kind of jump back to that side of things um i was producing the whole time so that that was a part of it it was basically the type of thing where like I just didn't want to be in a band with them anymore. And mm-hmm. so me and our bass player, Donovan Jones, we both left at the same time. I, I go way back with Donovan. We've been making music together since for 20 years now, since I was like 15. Um, I introduced them to the, I introduced Donovan to those guys and he eventually joined the band. And then I joined the band a few years later. So at a certain point, we just kind of weren't getting along and there was just not a reason to feel, or there was no reason to kind of keep pushing forward with it. So we just left. Okay. And it, uh, it just, yeah, I mean, I, at, at that point, it was kind of just like, well, yeah, just keep, keep it up, you know, keep it, keep it up, keep making music with people. I'm a, I'm a serial collaborator, so it's, uh, it's something I'm always focused on. And when I had more time all of a sudden and I wasn't on tour half the year, it, it made it to where, oh, I can really, really focus on this. And right around the same time, Congleton, the dude that, you know, owns the studio, 
um, who I worked with and still work with a little, he told me he was moving to LA. So my life was just like, what's going on? I, right. I had so much, uh, so much music stuff happening and then is it all evaporating, but which was scary, but it all played out okay. And you know, here we are and still, still, still rolling. I know that you've collaborated with a lot of artists. Do you have a dream collaboration that, that you'd love to work with in the future? Hmm. I feel like if I look at my calendar coming up, I'm working with people that like 10, five, 10 years ago, I would like dreamed about wanting to work with, even oh, if it's wow. not people you've heard of, it's like, oh, I really like that band or that artist. And I hope someday I can make a record with them. It's like, oh, it's happening in January. Great. For me, it's, uh, it's sort of like, it can be a, a matter of just taking a minute to be thankful for that stuff. And I, I don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm consistent. I try to, uh, never lose that feeling of gratitude, but it's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of just happening. So I, I hope in a couple of years it's still happening and maybe that means the scale has changed or the, the focus has changed even into something different and hopefully more interest, even more interesting to me. I don't know. I, I, I like the, the unpredictability of this, but um, I mean, any of the bands I mentioned earlier for any artist that's like willing to like not make the same record over and over again, that's, that's kind of my jam is paying attention to artists that, are gonna catch you by surprise every time they they, they they put something out. So anyone like that, that's that's my that's my dream. Nice. What uh, do you have any uh, uh, projects that you can share that you're working on now? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, at the moment, I'm mixing a couple of records. One band from Dallas, one band from here in Fort Worth. Uh, I just worked on a cool as an engineer mainly as a, on a cool like true crime documentary series for Hulu that should be out next year with a band I just adore. Mm -hmm. um, just I start a record with like a punk band this weekend like <laughs> that I like a lot. It kinda kinda sounds like idols or something. Um uh yeah, same thing. Like that thing I mentioned in January with that band I really like, that's happening. I you know, it's just stuff like that. You know, yeah. just, uh, not, nothing too crazy, but yeah, it's, it's there's a good a good uh a good mix of uh you know, scoring production, just straight up engineering, straight up mixing. I just mix records for people sometimes, so that's 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 its own cool challenge um but yeah just stuff like that was music always the path like is there an alternate reality where you're in like a wildly different field i, I think for me and I, I yeah music was definitely the path because at, at a certain point my parents even like i think they just realized like oh he's not gonna give up on this no matter what mm -hmm. period so like <laughs> there's gonna, he's gonna somehow he's gonna somehow try to keep this keep this dream alive and uh <laughs> but no i don't know i mean it's it's definitely it could have gone a million different ways but i've i've like really really just pushed at music relentlessly and i'm not ashamed of that i i believe it's what's kept me in the game it's what you know kept me in a position to like be ready to do a thing like halo you know it's uh, most people that i started playing with just aren't doing it anymore and god bless them but the ones that are like my friend Donovan I mentioned earlier, who was in this little story with me, he makes music now under the name Black Taffy. Check it out. He's one of, in my opinion, the best beat makers currently making beats in the world. He's on an excellent label. He's doing great remix work for other people. He's producing other amazing artists. And you know what? It's because he didn't give up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he just kept it up. And like, even when, you know, even when uh, he maybe didn't know what he wanted to do with himself, he, he, bought an MPC and which is like a little music making production center device mm -hmm. and, which 
that many of his heroes used to make their music and he just figured it out and he spent a year making music making tracks i'm sure a lot of them were great maybe some of them he threw away but like it led him to now being a, a called upon producer and he just didn't give up so you know even in my life seeing one of my best friends like him just keep pushing no matter what um that's it that's the key yeah and you know this this is an industry that i think is is notoriously tough and difficult and and so when when you're in the thick of it was there something that you would tell yourself to kind of keep you going when when it felt like maybe things weren't going your way like if, if there's somebody else out there that that dreams of getting you know to a, a spot years down the road where where they're succeeding and thriving in the music industry what would you tell them to to keep them motivated to keep them from from giving up too soon i've been real like when you quit a band that you've been in for a long time and you've made for better or worse really made that your identity and you leave it, it, it's a real way to like shock yourself into reality and realize like, oh, this can get dark and bleak and I don't know who I am. What do I want to do? That was five years ago. And now I, I figured out how to keep it up and keep going with it. Um, and it wasn't always easy. And I have times where I don't feel like doing anything and I get really depressed, but I think that at the end of the day, I've made a real point to surround myself with people, other other makers of music and art that keep me inspired, that, you know, that want to do things too, that maybe want to do things in a way that could involve me and or could involve my studio. And I, I don't know, I think in general, just remember that like, as, as advice wise, just remember that like, it, it it can get better if you keep trying and there's a good chance that it will. And, and, and just because it sucks or you feel like nothing's working out, it doesn't mean that five years later, you might feel totally different and you might feel like, Oh, I, I do feel like I'm on a path. And, you know, I, these are, these are really loose parameter or loose guidelines to how to approach this stuff. But that's, that's just my kind of my small take on it. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm very much a firm believer in that. Just keep pushing, keep moving forward and, and, you know, things will, will, you'll learn, you'll grow. And, and as you learn and grow, it, it gets better. So it's the, it's the, learning that people don't like to stick through i feel like they want that instant gratification it's like look man it this came this comes with time and and practice and learning and honing the skill and and this and that so if you truly love something if you truly enjoy something i feel that a lot of people could be successful uh with the with a positive mindset and just hard work i think so i think that it's uh there there's there's very few barriers to entry when it comes to like making music these days and i think if you just like know deep down that music is the thing you love the most just like do anything you can to figure out your way into it mm -hmm. whether that's uh you know making music yourself publicizing music putting music out make you know whatever there's a million there's a million like ways you can get involved with it but i just think for me i just knew all you know deep down that it, it's the thing i love the most and fortunately even though i'm like in a lot of ways quite self-taught with this stuff 
I've, you know, just done everything I can to figure out how to keep, keep my foot in the game. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's tough a lot of the time and it's, it's still tough sometimes, but it's, it's, it's all, it's all there is really for me. It, it sounds like that you like finding new challenges musically. Uh, now that, that uh, you're, you're done with, with Halo Infinite, do you have like, is, is gaming a world you'd like to explore musically and, and find some different avenues uh, to maybe push, push the uh, music in, in different directions? Definitely. And I, I you know, I, I, I work on and make, you know, types of music that are not, you know, post-rock as well. And I, I, I think that, um, you know, a record I'm working on right now that hopefully I'll have out next year sometime, we'll kind of, you know, explore that a bit more and show that a bit more. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely any, I would, I, I will say like Joel Yarger, the music director of the game was so cool and so easy to work with that maybe I'm a bit spoiled. I'm like, yeah, I'll do a game. It was, it was great. It was smooth. It was fun. Um, uh, he because really and truly and I and I and I brought this up before you know before I think we took the job and was like man it, this will be tough if he's if the music director's tough and you know that's good but if he's uh, whatever I mean it, it, his personality and his vibe has so much to do with how something like that goes and man he just made it easy so uh, yeah but really and truly I, I would I would love to work on more games uh, in in you know in many styles hopefully was there a part of of crafting the the soundtrack here that that was toughest for you was there a particular challenge that stands out i think that maybe the toughest challenge at at the end of the day was just like and well i don't even i don't even know that it would be a tough challenge it was just kind of like at a certain point like a few modes into working on the music it was like oh we figured out now like okay how this really feels like it kind of works process wise so i think a lot of it was just like figuring out the process of it. So I, I know that like, if and hopefully when I'm able to do more music for the game, like the process of it to me on my end feels a lot more streamlined and I feel like I can approach it a lot more like logically and just in a way that'll save time and, and energy in some cases. But I don't know, just that, figuring out like a process to make the, the workflow like expedient. It wasn't usually like a creative thing. There was a point in the process where like we just had gotten through a bunch of stuff and were, you know, submitting some material. Some was some was getting approved, some wasn't. And at that point, Joel Yarger called Joe Corlitz, one of the orchestral composers, in to like kind of help. And what he did is on a couple of the modes, he like basically just like wrote the wind theme. And then passed and then and then him and Joel Yarger went back and forth with it to where they were both satisfied. And then they passed it over to us to sort of like bring it more into the world of the uh, the atmosphere of the world we were you know mm -hmm. kind of working with and that was like massively helpful because it just like injected all this new energy into it to where like okay we have like a, a thing to write around and at that point we all sort of realized like oh i guess we should like you know, you know and always maybe approach the, the the main win and loss or win and uh i forget what we were calling it win and non-win i think is what we call it during the process um, <laughs> you know maybe maybe always like focusing on that, those themes first is a good idea because in some cases that like, we did that in some cases we didn't starting off and that was a big moment of like oh okay that makes this a little easier um but yeah i mean mostly process stuff and mostly just like i guess on the creative side there was that bit of time but yeah joel joel the, the joel's solved it they they helped <laughs> us out so.
Yeah, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I, I think we touched on this before the break, and, and since the surprise dropped it, you were able to avoid that kind of like pre-jitters really, really setting in. But but since release, and you see the almost pretty much near universal acclaim, uh, and people calling out music as, as one of the, the strong points too, specifically, when it drops and when you start to see positive feedback, like, like, do you tell yourself, no, don't go on the internet and, and start like going down that rabbit hole? Or is that something that you just kind of no. do naturally? Cause you're just curious. No, like if you, it, I'm like all up on Twitter. And <laughs> like if, if, if you, if you comment to me, like there's a good chance I'll see it. Or if you've mentioned certain things I have saved as tags, I, I and I'm only kind of doing that just to sort of like try to, be around if people want to like talk about it or whatever mm -hmm. i did like a reddit ama the other day which probably helps with a little bit of that uh overall going forward but no i'm like totally in the trenches and reading along with people and seeing what people think and i i would be lying to you if i told you i was like above doing that that's just not who i am and maybe at some point i will decide to sort of like step back from that a little bit but thus far i've been very active on on twitter and shit. so it's uh I will say it's like people love it or they hate it. And that for me, like, is mm -hmm. kind of okay. Like I would almost rather that than no one be talking about it or feeling like it's me. Like all the music for the most part that I've been like the most proud of being a part of over the years has kind of been like that where it's like, you know, you're going to get a visceral reaction one way or the other. And uh, that's most of what I've been seeing, but I, you know, it, it's been like 98% very positive and like, mm -hmm that you know for you know if i see if i see something that like it's like oh that sucks i didn't want to read that but like it, yeah a moment later i'll see something nice and you know maybe this is something after i just said that all to you guys out loud i should probably like not do as much but no it's uh, uh it's you know that's just that's just you know what i've been doing honestly so we're, we're helping you out here. We're we're helping you shape shape some next steps for you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, like I'm 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 here for it. I appreciate that. Was was there a bad comment? Like a really funny bad comment that that you've seen? Yeah, I saw. Um, what did it say? I think it. I saw a good one that was like the the multiplayer music in Halo sounds like if explosions in the sky fucked an energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's cool. I mean, I don't know. I can't really like I can't like hate on that too much. It's like, all right. Well. Um, no, I mean, nothing too bad. I mean, it's, I understand that people don't like it. I don't like music a lot of the time. You know, I, I'm mm -hmm. not like a fan of everything either. So um, I am proud of the work we did on this. I don't mean like, you know, regarding that music. But yeah, no, I mean, there's certainly times where like I'm not into something I hear. But I try to at least as as far as like things I post about on the Internet, I try to only post about like things I like. I try not to be right. a talker. Um, I, I just, there's, there's so many people doing that better than me and funnier than me, or just frankly worse than me that I don't, you know, I'm, that's not my lane so much, but anytime there's something like amazing that I see on the internet, like musically or otherwise, I, I'll, I'll post about it if it moves me enough to. Absolutely. And, and tell us, Alex, where can people uh, find you on the interwebs? I think everything's just at Alex Bohr, A-L-E-X-B-H-O-R-E, -E, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and I guess, yeah, there's my website, and I'm on that. <laughs> there's a, <laughs> that, was it Facebook? Whatever that is. No, that's What's Twitter, that? I'm so. sorry. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm and then alexfor.com. Yeah, that's that's me. Uh, holler at me. Awesome, Alex. Again, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you coming on and and talking. And and I I've been enjoying uh, everything about Halo Infinite. But the the music, as always, is is a huge part of that. So thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate y'all uh, being so easy to talk to and uh, having me on. Absolutely, Lucas. What do you got uh, going on? We've got uh, we've got that session coming up soon. We do, we do. We have a, a session on Bright coming up on December seventh at five p.m. Pacific. You guys can get tickets now. Uh, we'll link it in the description, Ryan. This is going to be fun. Uh, it's about time that we did one together, and uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, other than that, though, uh, <laughs> more Pokemon. Let's do it. I that that's it's just my weekend, and we have a pet visitor. I love this. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what's yeah. very nice? What's Kitty's name? This is Curtis. Uh, I I actually yeah, I was telling Curtis Schweitzer, one of the other composers on the game. I was like, I say the word Curtis more than almost any other word. Um, <laughs> and, and and this and this is Curtis. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Ryan, <laughs> what are you up to this weekend? Yeah, like I said, I I actually went back. I am grinding through the Halo uh campaign, so I'm almost done with the first one, I believe. So that's exciting. It's it's nice to be able to move forward with that and and run through those campaigns and then I'll just work my way through all of those enjoying more infinite i've been playing playing that a lot with friends and and i played a little bit on stream as well so it should be chill i i'm i'm hoping uh work stays relatively chill and we kind of glide into the holidays we're gonna get up our tree and stuff like that uh i think we're gonna try to do that today because tomorrow's the first day and i believe our elf should be returning so uh yeah that should be uh should be good but regardless we we again thank you guys so much for listening as well i got got a little tongue tied there don't forget to check us out on the tweeters at land parties pod at lucas egan or at smitty 2447 uh also check out that bright uh session you can find that link i believe both lucas and i have both tweeted about it as well so that's going to be a fantastic um conversation there so i'm looking forward to that we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week thank you so much for listening and don't you forget it we love your faces